The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Galdry. And I'm your host, Marissa Zeblinski. Our show is, uh, well, we talk about uh, money and our show is to look at our relationship with money, our interaction with money. Our limiting beliefs around money. And how we incorporate that within our daily life mm-hmm. and also how we make our decisions. Mm-hmm. And definitely our limiting beliefs that we do have. Right. And how that might be. Uh, preventing us from achieving wealth and our financial goals. So make sure you're following us on our social media handles. We've got Twitter at Your Money Matters, and there's no E in the matters. Our website is CapitalCoreFinancial.com, and our Facebook is Capital Core Financial as well. You can phone in at any time during the show. If you have any questions or comments, we encourage calls. Our toll-free number is one 866 472-5790. And if you don't feel like getting that personal just yet and calling in, you can also email us at info at capitalcorefinancial.com. So, Franco, <laughs> hi. Hi, welcome. <laughs> I for a minute, yeah, I thought I was going to have to do the show on my own when you mm. stepped out of the office. I was going to do a little... Hi, I'm, you're listening to Marissa Blinsky and Franco Caligiuri. I'm glad that we're not doing that and that you're here. Thank you for joining Absol- us. <laughs> absolutely. Just had to take care of a, a little personal thing. No, and, I get uh, it. Thank you for joining. Yeah. So, so Marissa, today I want to focus on, I want to talk about retirement. I think uh, out of all the shows that we've had so far and what we've been talking about, we've talked about uh, main topics that surround money. But I think, and I feel that it would, we would actually be doing the show uh, an injustice if we didn't actually talk about retirement mm-hmm. and what it means and what retirement means today. And I don't think retirement has the same cachet or the same shiny feeling to it that it did maybe to our parents or our grandparents um, when they were looking at retirement or working for for a company where they were working hard or pursuing that career to eventually one day live the golden life, and that was to retire and and not have to worry about money for the rest of their life. I don't think it exists anymore in the same capacity. I, uh, I it's funny when you came to me and said I want to do an episode about retirement. 
at first I was thinking, what what is the discussion? How do we engage people? How do we how do we use this platform to not just appeal to people in the older market or just in the younger market? Because my experience, and it's funny, since you brought it up, I've asked over probably a dozen people in their 30s, and, you know, what does retirement mean to you? How do you feel when I ask you about your retirement? And and just like quick first answer, like don't think about it. Give me your first thoughts, your first words. And for a lot of people, for I'd say 90% of the people I asked, there was a lack of comprehension, a lack of ability to even try it on and to even imagine retirement. It was so... It was this thing that was just an idea that one spoke to them. And it was funny. I was running this morning with uh, a 32-year-old lawyer, and he uh, he said that it was just it, it's just so far from the thing that I think that we once thought of, you know. And he was explaining for his parents, it, you know, in that generation and the generation before that, it was like you work for 40 years and then you retire for 20 years, and it was a very set program and he's like that doesn't exist anymore so retirement isn't isn't this retirement thing we thought it was and and for him it was a very very different thing and it was interesting to chat with him about it and hear and you know he's like I can't even imagine not working you know you'd be doing something whether it's uh working in some sort of involvement or having a balance but I think there's a different even a hybrid of work and passion but but the retirement word in itself has changed dramatically in our generations. Mm-hmm. Well, if we were to ask somebody that was or is in their their twenties, I'd love to have somebody here actually that was in their twenties and ask this question directly. But <laughs> we, we don't. Did. Yeah. But if we were to ask that question, would we? I mean, what would the response be? I can only imagine that the response would be that uh, retirement of the the image that may be had of doing nothing or just traveling all the time, which may sound quite attractive. Uh, but if you talk to people that are retired and that's what they do, they say it gets, it's fine and fun for the first couple of years, but then it gets old um, after uh, a period of time because there's only so, so much travel that you can do. Well, I wonder about that too. And even the cost. Yeah, I wonder about that too. I pulled up a bunch of statistics after you started talking retirement. I pulled up a bunch of statistics. Uh, you know, I like my statistics. <laughs> and do. the percentage of men and women that were becoming reemployed, that were having to go back to the workforce after retiring at, say, 65, 66, 67, the majority of them were going back to work years, a few years into retirement. Was that by choice or they had to financially? Both. So it came back as both. Statistics every year, were going. it's been going up consistently uh, in terms of the number of people returning to the workforce after mm-hmm. retiring. The percentage, I mean, essentially, the percentage of people that stay retired once becoming retired is very small. And what we were talking about this Sorry, morning can on you say the, that again? the percentage mm-hmm. of people that retire, that stay retired, that don't return to the workforce is becoming smaller and smaller hmm. every year. And it was interesting. We were talking about on the run this morning. I was, he was saying the same. He was like, I can't imagine I would probably go back to work. And he was saying he had had some experience with other people that had done that. And I'm curious to see the breakdown because I can't I can't see it but I imagine there's a, a significant breakdown between the people that are returning to work because they become uh, they realize they're not financially capable of retiring because there are a lot of numbers on people that retire and their retirement income only supports them for a few years or you know their life expectancy is longer than what they had anticipated and then they run out of money and they've depleted their resources so then they return to work right but I do think 
the big thing, and it came up in our meeting this morning as well, is there's like a boredom factor too, right? You can only do, uh, not nothing, but you can only vacation and do all of that stuff for so long before you've spent your whole life working. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I can't conceptualize not having it in my life in some capacity. So it's interesting because I don't know well, should, the percentage we, breakdown. Should we actually train for that? Train for never stopping, you mean? No, should we train for retirement? Oh, you want to now, so you want to integrate more vacations into our life? I'll take that. Well, if we're, if we're to get used to, <laughs> to it. To train. Train. <laughs> train. It's a new training. Train. I like this training. Yeah, I can take should it. We, should we actually take time off? to see what it's like. That's interesting. I mean, I think... I mean, we train for we, everything else. This is true. Well, we. I think the training is the preparing. I think in the preparing... And this is me just saying I want to take two months off. I know, I know. I knew exactly I where train. you were going. That's I why I stopped you. We don't need to train in this. <laughs> that's why I stopped you. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I mean, I think the preparing is the piece that's missing. In in the over dozen people that I spoke with that were all in their 30s, maybe one in their 40s, that was the consistent pieces. It was so far out to them, and it was such a concept so unimaginable that they weren't preparing. And even in looking at all of this. They weren't preparing because it seemed so far away and so unreal? Correct. Correct. It was a huge. Isn't that odd? No, I think that's what we do in pretty much everything. When it, when you can't even conceptualize the end goal, how are you to ever set a plan to start to work towards it? It's like it, it's like for I mean I think it's the same in performance based or at, you know anything physical or uh, emotional or financial. Mm-hmm. It's the same across the board. I, I think if you can't conceptualize the goal in any form, which seems to be the consistent piece in all of the responses, is that it's not even they're not even able to do that. Then planning for it becomes quite difficult. Well, it's like in, when you're in your teens, teens or 20s, to think of actually dying one day, mm-hmm. it's a pretty tough. I mean, it's, it's, the reality is it's so far out of your mind, but then once you start getting to your 30s and 40s, not that anyone here sitting at this table is or at that age, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you start to think of it as more reality Especially if you hit 40 or even 50, you go, wow, like I lived half my life here. So if that's the case, it, so how do, we, how do we get that mindset into looking at it as being more of a backup or, yeah, if we do live to that age? Because the, some individuals can argue that, why put money aside? I may be dead. I may not actually use it. I may not actually, I'm just going to be saving up for someone in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting. And I saw that and, and I won't keep throwing stats at you because I know I I can bore you with stats, but I saw that 36% of Americans have saved nothing for retirement. 36%. Correct. So what's the, what's the plan? Win the lottery? Um, I don't know. It it said that over eighty percent of and it's not uh, just in the U.S. It no, could be no, Canada. Actually, it could be Canadian and American statistics were within two to three range mm-hmm. percent. But uh, we're not picking on. But anybody. it was saying that no, no. These are pretty general statistics, and and we saw the meeting this morning as well that there were some similarities in the in the communication and the understandings. But it was I think it was eighty percent of Americans at between thirty and fifty five that believed they wouldn't have ever been able to save enough, that they won't be able to save enough for retirement. Well, so, let, let me give you some statistics, oh, Marissa. I, 
I thought you so out of 100 people yeah. who start working at the age of 25 by the age, so they, they reach the age of 65, 1%, so 1 out of 100 will be considered wealthy. 4 out of 100 have adequate capital, so adequate money, enough money put away in retirement. Wow. Okay, so 4%. So what the question is, is what's happening to the other so 96? What's happening to the other 96? Uh, what's happening? Yeah. Well, you tell me. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're meeting with, a, we meet with a lot of people um, all the time that I think it's, it's, they come to that point and they realize. Well, I can tell you this. Care. Yeah. 29 will be dead. Okay. Statistically. 29 out of 100. Yes. Okay. So 96 minus 29. So now what? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes to what you were talking about. What were you talking about before? <laughs> you already forgot. No, I remember. I'm just trying to, trying to pull it out of you. Right. This is called... Returning to the workforce. Returning to the workforce. <laughs> this is called hosting a show. Right. You pull out information that you talked about before. Right. Returning to the workforce. Returning to the workforce. So I'm going to assume... Well, so so what 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 do we have here? We had twenty nine plus one, so thirty plus four, so thirty four. So mm-hmm. wow, thirty four. So so seventy six are still working. Sixty six, yeah. Sorry, sixty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a high percentage. Mm-hmm. So our show is to look at and challenge myths that we have. Yeah. So why why why, why are sixty six? Individuals out of 100 still working. Some may be choosing to because they get bored or they look at it and go, I, I do I think really that's a big piece. Productive. I do think that's a big piece. I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of benefit that we get out of creating and out of being part of organizations. And I think there's a community and I think there's, uh, the good feeling that we get from from building and being part of the workforce and building towards something. So I think if you are a, you know, goals-based person, it would be hard to leave that and to not feel some sort of desire to wake up and and, and do something to actualize that. Like, so, only five, so only 5% actually <laughs> think that way. Think which way? Take care of themselves. That they actually, can take care of themselves? That they, they look into the future and they, they prepare themselves to, to be in that position. To just do nothing from, say, 65 on? No, not nothing. Right. Just not work. That. They don't have to worry about money. They're not dependent on money. So they moved, they, they created a position for themselves that allow their lifestyle, their life, their reality to be one where money isn't part of the conversation or stress or an issue. So what do you think those 5% are doing that did that? Is that, I mean, I, I hypothesize hypothesize that it's largely based on a lack of emotional tied up limiting beliefs. Well, I wonder how many are actually married. Oh. Or in a partnership. I'm just wondering. Why do, where do you go out with of five. that? Why what are your Well, thoughts? I'm just if we were to dig deeper into this, how many are actually married or in a partnership? Cuz statistically, I don't know the number, mm-hmm. but men do live longer if they're married. Oh. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so, okay. So, so I don't know how I could tie that into, into wealth, but I'm assuming. Do women live longer if they're married too? 
women just live longer in general. Yeah, li- women's life expectancy <laughs> is longer than men. I don't know where that comes from. So huh. women just live longer than men, but men can have a greater chance of living longer if okay. they actually are married. Okay. Okay. Or they're with somebody. Okay. I wonder if it's because of commitment. Probably. Maybe less risk. Mm, yeah, I think there's a foresight, uh, an ability to look into the future more and plan more. Well, Even you heard this morning when you, we were talking with those clients, it was, you know, as soon as there was the commitment and the, and the yeah, you're partnership. you're not going to buy the $1,000 leather jacket. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a planning element that comes into it when you've got the partnership. Okay, so out of the five, out of 100. Okay, so we're back to the 5%. So I'm just looking at this, maybe half. Mm-hmm. Maybe a high percentage, maybe 60 or 60, 70% of them. Okay. I feel like 50%, 70, 50 to 70% would probably be married. Maybe that's just a preconceived notion I have, but I feel like all the people. Yeah, I just. Uh, it's, it's our generation deep, that's the ones that, that. <laughs> that live older, being single and not married, mm-hmm. and the whole divorce trend is very much started in our generation. Most of my experience is most of the people that are 60, 65. 70 in their retirement age are in partnerships and are married. Mm-hmm. And the ones that aren't are usually the ones that are 80 plus that have had their partner that are widowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of the 5% that are entering to retirement with the successful planning, uh, in my, I mean, I imagine that, that at least 60 to 70% of them are married. Mm-hmm. So, so... How old are you, Marissa? I'm I'm okay. I'm not going <laughs> to <laughs> You almost asked okay. that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay. I'm 34. I'm okay to say that. Oh, um, 34. And now I think I should probably go get married. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> let's not, let's not bring let's any not bring, people into this. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Well, and, and I'm not advocating for, for you to get married, but uh, but actually you brought up a great point. We're going to go into a break here, so I'm not going to bring this up. I'm going to, I want to bring it up after the break. Okay. But what you just said there is, is that you do have, around the world, this is, this is actually a trend that's happening around the world, individuals that are getting married later and having kids later, and that can have an effect economically uh, down the future, but the reality is right now people are getting married or entering into a partnership at, at later a later age, age yeah. and, and also having kids at a later age too. Uh, but I would like to come back from the break and actually explore that even further. I mean, you got a whole stack here of statistics. How many pages do you got? <laughs> I printed up a few. Jeez, what, what is this? I think it's interesting. There's some trends what? in terms of all of that and our retirement trend? planning. Are we going to get through all, right. all this today? We are. I this just want to touch on what, a few what things. Is we're going this? into break now. Okay, we're going into break. We'll, we'll catch you on, on the other side. Okay. <laughs> it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, before the break, uh, I was just talking to Marissa about all the pages statistics. I think I counted maybe 50 pages. It's a big pile. Are we going to go through all these? No, we are not. There is just a lot of information on retirement that I wanted to be, I like being prepared. Oh, you are prepared. I like being prepared. And hopefully everyone, you know, I'm sure everyone appreciates, appreciates uh, the preparedness, preparedness that you are. I hey, just I want to. a lot of people on their thoughts on retirement. It was interesting. And? No, it was just, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's a, it's like a concept that's so far out that people have no, uh, there's there's a lack of connection to it in our in our generation from what I got from the people that I polled. So should we be approaching retirement and should we actually be challenging the status quo and have a new definition over the last 10 years? redefine retirement? Redefine it. Over the last 10 years, I've been talking to hundreds of uh, clients, and when I asked them that question about retirement, what does it mean to them? I actually, I, I, I've stopped asking individuals in their in their twenties and, and even some in their thirties because it's 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 uh, so irrelevant to them. They haven't really thought about it. That the way I approach it now is uh, in a way that I look at them as what type of lifestyle would you like to create. So create instead of just accumulating Mm -hmm. and then just having an income that you draw from it without really preparing yourself. So I was kind of half joking when I said train yourself by having these these periods of time in your life that you pretend that you're retired and see what it's like. You know, you take a month off or two months or three months and allow yourself to to really understand and and to feel what it's like to be retired. You're going back to the training to retire, aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll train to retire. Okay, so here's an interesting statistic. What is, what is this? Okay, get, get out of the statistics. I so, just saw a stack of bills so, here. I know, I know. So the redefining retirement, it's interesting because this is, again, what we were talking about on the run this morning. I keep coming back to this because it was a very much through way that I heard in all of the responses was a lot of stuff. And it could be maybe I, I asked a lot of people with similar, um, you know, very active people with a bit of an entrepreneur mindset of and and everybody couldn't imagine not 
continuing in that. There was a there was a definite continuing in what in, in in doing things and projects and helping and giving back and mentoring and being part of of things. It wasn't like the idea of what we originally looked at retirement as like you know how Allie responded when we asked her and she said, oh, it's it's still an image to her of a beach. Of a vacation, hmm. of this long vacation, of this beach, and there long are still vaca- a lot. Yeah, thirty year vacation. Yeah, and there, I am on vacation. But, for but, 30 years. but that was how it was marketed. You know, the whole like freedom and security and vacation and beaches and umbrellas. That was very much how it was marketed for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was very good marketing, right? And there are some people that still see that as the image for sure. But then when you challenge them on it, like like I, I was saying, the individual this morning, he was like, he would have, there's a hybrid of, yes, maybe you wouldn't be going into work. There wouldn't be the nine to five aspect of it, but you would likely still be doing projects that keep you mentally stimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had um, images of, you know, whether it was mentoring or coaching and raising children and a bigger picture, but not just being on a beach. Right. Uh, not just not working and being part of the workforce. Mm-hmm. So, but it was interesting to hear though that his desire to go to maintain, you know, a presence in the workforce wasn't based on financial capacity. Uh, it was based on, you know, the, the, the desire to create. So I don't know the breakdown of, of why so many people are returning to the workforce that have, have started to retire if, if it is driven by the lack of financial capacity to stay retired. Well, I think 2008, the financial crisis globally, yeah. I think it, it contributed to a lot of people have, being forced to go back into the workforce because now they, they, their, their retirement accounts, their savings accounts were depleted. Yeah. Because a lot of money has been forced into the stock markets because of the low interest rate that they get in their bank accounts, even the guaranteed investment products that are record lows. Mm-hmm. People have been forced to put them into higher risk investments such as the, the stock markets around the world. So I'm just reading a headline that you uh, printed off here. It says, so what happens to the boomers if the stock market crashes again? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think at any age group, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, not just boomers, but I think in any age group, that reality is, uh, I think it's going to be more more prevalent uh, of having greater crashes in, in these equity markets without getting technical. And this show isn't about yeah, no, that, no, but I it's about it. the idea of where you're going to put your money and how you're going to achieve retirement, whatever that means to you. And I think that's the question. What does it mean to you? Right. Yeah. Well, going back, I want to continue on redefining retirement and what it means to you, but I just want to go back to what you asked me right before the break in regards to, uh, you know, mid-30s, single-type reality of a lot of the people around us, um, or, or myself, because that's my age group, uh, and, and, and the idea that a lot of us, or the trend that does exist, that we are getting into partnerships and marriages later in life, we're having kids later in mm-hmm. life, um, how do you think that's affecting the our perception? How do you see that affecting retirement? Well, if you okay, let, let's let's frame it this way: If you are thirty five mm-hmm. and you have a child, mm-hmm. when they're twenty, how old will you be? Fifty five. Fifty five. Uh huh. To raise a child, and these are Canadian statistics. 
But to raise a child to raise a child from age zero to <laughs> twenty, it costs almost a quarter of a million dollars. Okay, and that's not uh, well in Canada hockey, and that can be quite costly on a yearly basis. But that's just you know a few activities, right? And so at fifty-five, so you quarter million dollars. Then there's tuition for school, mm-hmm. post-secondary education. What's that going to cost? Well, if you save properly with good financial advisors like well, us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A little shameless bug for Capital Core Financial. <laughs> Let's just say maybe it's for a four-year, maybe okay. 100000 Okay. Okay, man, who knows what employment or yeah. um, future schooling is going to okay, look like. Okay, so we're at 350000 right now, one right. child. How do people have three so, or four so you're or five children? I you're saw 55. Somebody, I saw somebody recently have five children. How do they do that? Well, I got three. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. And also but, at Mateo uh, School... So essentially, um, actually, my oldest, his school. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, my two oldest go to school uh, together, and the one parents just announced that they're having their six. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> you so, should see your face. <laughs> I can't even conceptualize <laughs> one right now. Um, okay. So. Okay. So hang on. Let's go back here for a second. So two hundred fifty, a hundred. That's three hundred fifty. 350 that's like $2 million in children. Okay, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to save for retirement. I see right, why right. everyone's returning Okay, to so, so you see where I'm going? Well, I mean, that's not the only reason. So but do you it's think just, that when people have kids earlier? But when you have a earlier, stock market crash, yeah. these things don't help. Yeah. So, so if you have to save a, a, that much, and you can see why people are also on debt too. So you can also see why people cannot understand what retirement really is anymore. Yeah. Because secure pensions, how many people have secure pensions anymore? Right. Do you think that people were as dependent, though, in terms of, like, I know we're not going to get into the stock market because it's not about the tips on that and, and what have you, but do you think that people are as, as dependent now as they were before? Is that something that's... Dependent on, on what or who? Well, it feels scary to me when I try on the idea of having all my money invested in the stock market. The stock market crashes. Now I need to go back to work. Mm-hmm. I was retired. I just think that's um, poor planning. Right. Just having everything in one area, but without having uh, multiple diversification. Yeah, diversification. I just didn't want to use that cliche word. No, I get it. I like multiple assets, different buckets, different (laughs) Different buckets buckets. that you can tap into. Right. So you're not dependent. You don't have to be stressed out because you only have. But how about if you're a family that just makes enough to take care of the family? Mm -hmm. uh, Now what? Mm -hmm. What options do you have? What choice do you have? And I think that's why it's important that we have this discussion because as everybody has different means, they have different net worths, but just the concept itself. Talking about baby boomers, in Canada alone, I'm sure it's probably the same in, in a lot of the other countries, mm-hmm. that by the year 2020, 20% of the population is going to be 65 and over. 65 and over, 20%. Wow. I know in Japan... They already are the leaders as a country of being the, the uh, called an elderly yeah. society. 
I know Taiwan is is heading there and some other countries too. It feels so weird to me. Like when I imagine, I don't know, maybe it's my own, it's obviously a projection, but when I see people in their like late 60s or early 70s working in like a grocery store doing something like that of that nature, I always feel this weird, I don't know, almost like a sadness. Like I'm making up a story in my head that they don't really want to be there and that they didn't plan. I've got a whole story just in a smile exchange. I make up the story that they did financially, they didn't plan properly. They didn't have enough buckets set up. They didn't have that diversification. They went through some sort of loss and now they're returning to the workforce. And then I smile at them thinking, you know, they don't want to be there. And I don't know, maybe they do. Maybe, you know, maybe they lost a spouse and maybe they really just want to be out in the community. Maybe mm-hmm. they want to meet people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't generally or stop terrible, and ask. terrible giving with their time. Yeah. But I can't imagine 20%, like one out of five of the people that I come across being in that demographic. That is, that is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, not crazy. It's just, it's, it's a shift in thinking. So going back to. Well, re- let, let's yeah. add, to, add yeah. to, the, to the total calculation that we're making before. How about housing? Mm-hmm. Housing prices haven't gone up and how that's affected our ability to save. Is that where you're going? <laughs> so. During your working period, it's it almost seems like you have to earn about uh, two to five million mm-hmm. to make it all work. Two to five million. Well, you calculated with three kids. Yeah. What was it? Two about seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. It was about, and then with the education. Yeah, I was going about one point eight to. I I ballparked it at two. If you assume some cushion. Well, I, I, you know, on our show, we don't like to talk about geographic, but here in Vancouver, mm-hmm. the average price now is about $100,000 to buy a home. How much? One hundred. Sorry, one uh, million. Oh, I was like, uh, where are you buying a home? I, I want one. Now. I want 10 okay. right now. <laughs> Done. Let's call, let's call. Uh, um, Screw the show. I want to buy Dave. property. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> 100,000. I knew you had a little glitch there. Dave, Dave a million dollars. A million okay. dollars. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I will my, say, my I mean, I came from the east side of Canada and, and and there specifically, again, not to geographically, you know, define ourselves, but the uh, the property values were significantly lower. So a lot of the people that I went to school with that are have three children now are living in properties um, that I remember, oh, I remember looking yeah. at places there for like one hundred and twenty, one hundred thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars before I left, mm-hmm. thinking. And then I came out here, and when I started looking, laughed at. Mm-hmm. What a joke! Like I was looking at five hundred for what was the properties that were about a hundred and twenty there. I think would have been about six seven hundred here. <laughs> so I mean, I think that's also something to be said is we're cho- we have a greater ability to choose now where we live, mm-hmm. and so we choose but, where we live. But it doesn't mean that our salaries are higher here. No, no, the, no, it hasn't. But there's a lot of people that exchange. This is actually a big thing. And this came up in a few few conversations. People exchange their quality of life. Like they want that, you know, West Coast uh, living. So they'll come here, spend a lot more, get into that real estate market where it's six, seven hundred instead of 150, 200. I don't even know if that exists anymore, but it's still quite a, quite a, uh, a financial difference in exchange for having the lifestyle here. And so they live almost paycheck to paycheck. To have that experience opposed to, you know, saving. And I've spoken to many of them. I said they'd rather spend, stay here and not have the savings and have the lifestyle of the West Coast versus. So it's also geographic. 
Oh, 100%. So I, where you live, too, can also depend on when you can retire. Yeah, and I think the increase over the years of our capacity to choose that, I think our, our ability to, um, to choose things and to, to go after these objects and these things that we want that are attractive to us that are, you know, financially, we, we stretch ourselves a lot more. And a lot of the numbers came back to show that as this generation learns to build wealth, we also have learned to spend a lot more. And we see things that we want, and I think we go after them in a different way than the generation before us did. It was a ge- different, and it, that came up in a few meetings recently with people that were that were quite a bit older. When you know, you talk about the depression mentality, mm-hmm. and you know, I have yet to meet somebody in their thirties or forties walking around with that. You know that mm, that they're that they have this fear, this this hoarding of cash because you never know what will happen. Yeah, we don't really have that in our generation. Well, if we did, credit cards uh, wouldn't be maxed, and there wouldn't be people carrying line of credits or credit card balances. Because when you have that fear, you will make sure that you have no debt. But mm-hmm. when you have safety and you feel comfortable, you. You're 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 assuming that your paycheck is going to be there in two weeks or however many times you get paid during the year, then you're okay with carrying those balances. Right. There isn't this urgency to pay it off. Why would you? Unless you had this responsibility, you had this this uh, built up within you, and and this was created. In Which your I childhood. think also comes with the whole settling down, getting married, having kids thing. I mean, I, I definitely see a difference, and I imagine when I get to that stage of my own personal life, don't smile, like I'm not having kids yet. But when it happens, I imagine my, you know, you, you, you shift your mentality because now you have, to, you have to take care of other people and not just yourself. And so you do go into a bit more of a making sure that a certain amount of money is there. And, and I think there's a different planning that goes into it, which would probably be the thing that leads to retirement planning. Which I guess is, is largely why we're thinking about those things later in life. The trend is that we are thinking bigger picture of marriage, kids, and all that later in life. So, yeah, of course we're thinking about retirement later in life. So, circling back. Well, yeah, when you do have dependents, when you do have dependents, you yeah, actually do work harder. Your, yeah. I, I've never worked harder in my life than I am now, and I enjoy it. I really love it. Um, and I wish I had this mentality in my if, 20s. Yeah. You know, I. <laughs> It, but however, you learn. Now that you're in your 30s, wink, wink. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I turned 30 today. He's not 30. <laughs> Sorry. 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 Okay. You can throw me under the bus. You do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we're going into a break, but I do want to get back to. I want to. I want to get back to redefining retirement, and well, I want to get. Back I also to want to give some tips. I want. I want to end the show with providing some tips. I, you know, I want to leave with five. Five tips, things that uh, you can do as an individual or as a couple that will allow you to be in a position where you you can be and will be financially independent. And we'll do all of that um, after the break. But uh, before we go into a break, I want to, what's that? I hope you have five tips. Are you going to ask me to make up five right now? <laughs> oh, come on. With the 50 pieces of paper that you have in the stacks, you're, no, come on. Get married. I have 16 years of experience. You have, have three kids. Start planning. Oh, you're ruining it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You're ruining we'll it. We'll do it after the break. How well, about that? Of course, we'll do it after the break. But if people do want to call in, what is that number? That number is Where is that mer- number, one Marissa? Eight, six, come on, with all this paper here, you, you lost the number? <laughs> 
Well, that's a little embarrassing. Well, okay. You know what? We're going to go into a break. They can email us at info at capitalcorefinancial.com or I was just playing around with you. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5790. We'll watch the other side of the break. (laughs) Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. I'm your host, Franco Calagiri. Your host, Marissa Zeppelinski. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Nothing. I just. You just laugh. I just like to laugh. It was. It, it was just. I was still in the middle of a funny thought. Sorry. No more laughing. I'm. Okay. You know what? I'm going to share with people. <laughs> As we're coming back from the break, Marissa was speaking to me, and I was telling her I can't hear a thing that she says with the headset on. So. <laughs> She does that often. She just speaks to me. It's like, I can't hear you, but she I, just keeps talking. Yeah, you just keep talking. story of your life. Okay. <laughs> you, just, you just keep nodding and just it's okay. Just nodding. Okay, so tips. We want to give some tips of some practical well, pieces. we were talking about redefining retirement, retirement and, and hopefully uh, hopefully, people that have been listening in, that are tuning in, hopefully they can now see that that retirement is is abstract, first of all, and it can mean different things for everybody. So if we're having that conversation or if you're thinking about yourself, it's looking at what does it mean to you? How can you start with that? Well, what do I want with money? Money is a tool. On the show, we've said this many times, money is just a tool. So if you start with money as a tool, start looking at what will it do for you? What do you want that money to to do for you? On the show, we talked about real estate. If you want to build a real estate portfolio, 
that provides rental income, provides equity that you build up within the real estate, great. Yeah, I remember, uh, it's funny, I had this conversation in 2010 with uh, my mountain guide in Argentina. We were climbing uh, Aconcagua, and he was one of the happiest men I had ever met in my life. And he made about $10,000 a year. And he was able to sustain his life because his, 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 for him, happiness and joy and all of that experience was being in the mountains and having that freedom uh, in the mountains. And so as long as he was able to continue doing that, keep taking people up the mountain. So it was just $10,000? And he, yeah, he made 10000 wow. which is all he needed to afford right. you know, his life. But then he spent all his time in the mountains, and that for him was all he wanted. And mm-hmm. I remember asking him, like, what about, you know, do you, when you're making 10000 you're obviously, you know, financially in terms of, you know, planning and saving and setting aside. To him, he laughed when I asked him about it. And he was like, all I want to do is spend the rest of the time doing this, taking mm-hmm. people up the mountains, having this experience, sharing this experience. Mm-hmm. And if I have just enough to get by, he was happy with that. Mm-hmm. His image of long-term planning and his... Uh, definition around it was something very different based on his values, his interests, his core beliefs, and his his own personal desires. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, for myself, that's that's the key thing that we've seen over the years so much and that I think would be the probably the first thing that everybody should do is get clear for themselves what does it mean to you. Right. It it doesn't mean million dollars in the bank for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But some it does. For some it does. 100% I, mm-hmm. I get that. You know, for some people it means multiple homes, vacation homes, mm-hmm. property in Hawaii, property here, property there, and being able to afford that, not ever having to go back to work, which means a lot of money. Um, but I think for a lot of people it is that experience of just being able to know, just knowing that they have enough, knowing that, you know, if, if the grandkids or if their children need something, they've well, got it. But I think it's important to know what enough is. Instead of just having it within your head and going, enough, enough. Well, so you want to have enough. Meaning, so what does that mean? Is it 40000 a year? You're talking about this individual, $10,000 a year. Maybe it's fifty. But really understanding what that means to you so it allows you to be able to have, and this is point number three, is, is having the diversity, having the different buckets that allow you to be able to uh, continue to have that. So if it's $50,000 a year, for example, the assets that you build up, and I was talking about real estate, well, it could also be the stocks, the equity markets. It could be in businesses that you invest in that produce that $50,000 a year for you. Okay, so just so I can confirm, because I like to have a digital little analog thing going this. here. Two is, number two is knowing what is enough. Yes, so like knowing the numbers. Knowing the numbers. Knowing, because my enough is different than your enough, which is different than my Argentinian mountain guide. Right. Who I. So how do you do that? So point number four. <laughs> in love with. Are you, are you admitting something right now? Love you fell in love with this individual? Yeah, I did. <laughs> You're just sharing this now. Yeah, I think my what, face what is a, going red. <laughs> of all the times that you share this. Chris does listen to the show, right? He does. Let's go back to number four. So Hold number on. one, you, you, number what? one, I like this. We're building these as we go. It's a, it's very interactive. Number one. Hold on, interactive when you, when you <laughs> drop these bombs of I. I, I, I fell in love affair. with his mentality. I it was <sighs> you. I was at 
you know, we're at high altitude, over 20,000 feet, you start to, you start to really engage with the people that you're close with. And he had a very beautiful, genuine mentality and appreciation for the for, for nature and for the mountains and and a very simplified way of being that I was very attracted to Mm -hmm. very, it's the simplicity. Does that make sense? You think I'm crazy? I feel like no, I'm a therapist right Got, now. No, I totally okay, get going it. back. So, since this isn't so about point me. number four. Point number four. The only way that I see that you can actually understand what you need, what that number is, is actually knowing your budget numbers. So cash flow. Know your cash flow. Know your cash flow. Know what your expenses are. I'm assuming this individual. I thought you were going to say fall in love with your mountain guide. (laughs) Number four, always fall in love in the mountain guide. (laughs) He probably, well, I'm I'm assuming that he actually knew that he needed less than $10,000. Well, yeah, what's cool is when you put yourself in a situation like that, uh, when you start to learn how to, exactly what you need, you know your numbers, you know exactly what you need, and then you know everything over and above that is, can, can go towards experience and savings. And then I think it's a matter of figuring out how much do you want to put towards savings and how much do you want to put towards the experience. And for some people, the experience is a higher value. Mm-hmm. And What do you mean by experience? Oh, I mean, like for him, he would have rather been in the mountains. And he's fine to say, if I'm saving even 5%, you know, we, we generally, you know, generalize, say, 10%. But if you say he was saving less than that, probably. Mm-hmm. I would guess five tops. But for him, the value of the experience of continuing to live his life in that way was more important than saving for a future which may or may not exist for him. Mm-hmm. He, he was very of the, why would I put my money aside and not have this experience in this moment right now in nature, in this beauty, to save for something that may or may not exist. I want, can I ask something? Yeah. What was his contingency plan? I'm going to sound very nerdy here. Yeah. What was his contingency plan if he got injured? Oh, interesting. I don't think he had one. I don't think he What thought, would he do? I don't think he thought that far out. I don't know. I, I met, uh, we spent quite a bit of time with a lot Because that's point of, number five for me. Come up with a contingency plan? Mm-hmm. Because if he does get injured, if this individual did get injured, then what? Did he have assets that would continue to produce the $10,000 a year? Because that, to me, is the true definition of financial independence, where you can actually have continuation of income, no matter if you're working or not. And those assets that you've set aside, so you're talking about 5%, Mm -hmm. 10%, 20%, whatever it is, are you in a position that allows you? Because aren't you then actually considered retired? And retirement... I think for a lot of people, is just stopping what you actually hate doing to right. now start doing things that you really enjoy doing. Yeah, that was, again. And that, that to me is insanity. Yeah. Because you do things that you don't like, and then you're hoping one day when you choose to retire at an age, lower, uh, uh, later age, now you're going to be done. No, why not do that now? Right. Even if it's lower income. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't feel the freedom of doing that. So they become, you know, oh, somewhat of a so slave fear. to the workforce. I right. think there's a fear. Yeah, I think that's a big piece. I think is is having to eliminate that fear in order to see this objectively. I think the majority of the conversations that I have had with people that have been objective about retirement 
eliminate the fear, elim- aren't, aren't in the whole stush of the fear around it. They don't get themselves caught up in that and start doing things uh, driven by fear. They do things more driven by what their passions are and what they want to do and, 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 and by projects and missions that they want to be part of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think understanding your fear and working through that is something that is, you know, in, very important in terms of enabling you the capacity to be part of that 5% out of, you know, the 5% that are successfully retiring. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I know we like to talk about the fear, but I think, and knowing the numbers. I think at the end of the day, it's funny, in, in all of the points that you just gave, there's a, there's a numbers element to it, which a lot of us don't want to look at. But the only way to properly plan is to really understand where you're at, what do you need, and then build a plan for it. I mean, for us to say, like, I'll just wing it and have this sort of mindless spending right. that the numbers will just balance themselves out and right. I'll just retire. Well, no kidding. We're all walking around with this somewhat lack of connection to what retirement mm-hmm. really is, hmm. that it seems so far away. I know some governments that actually act that way. Yeah. it's Based on feeling. Yeah. And somehow it'll all work out. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's scary when I think about it like that. Is it feels very out of control? Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I, for me, I feel good when I feel in control and I feel like I know the numbers and I understand it. <coughs> uh, the idea of of you know leaving it to somewhat the universe feels very uh, mystical and and out of my. Uh, I think it's irresponsible too. Yeah, I think there's a lack of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think with money, there comes a responsibility. You, every purchase decision you make, every choice, every time you make an exchange of a dollar, you're making a statement as to your values. You're making a statement as to what you're supporting out there in many ways Mm -hmm. and what's important to you. And you're, you're either putting towards something that's building something or taking away from something. And I think, I think it's important for people to, to have responsibility and to look at money and recognizing that, you know, the more money they make, the more responsibility they have in that and in creating, uh, I think that's why it's important to get clear on what you do want to create for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, getting back to number one of the points, connect with what what retirement means for you. Connect with what, you know, wealth means for you. What does that look like? And then it's an easy uh, purchase point when you're standing there with that uh, item that you want to buy to say, does this support me towards that bigger picture? Does this fall in line with what I say retirement means to me or wealth means to me, whether it's wealth or retirement. Right. It either does or it doesn't. And everything we do and everything we purchase and every every purchase decision we make either supports it or it doesn't. But, right. So that was point number one. Do you want to just go through the rest here? Yeah, We're coming so, up towards the end of the show here. I mean, number one, connect with what it means. I like that we made these up on the go. This was kind of, I mean, that we used these. The go. Not, this well, is, come on. You know me. I like to come with five structured points. You do, but I like to go based on the experience. It's, I, it's in, in our heads. So, okay, so connect with what it means to you. Connect with what wealth and retirement means to you. What it looks like. I'm, I like the vision. I like the, I still have the mountain guide picture with the mountains in <laughs> okay, my head. Okay, no more mountain guide. No more mountain guide. Sorry. Um, what's enough for you? I think enough is a quite a heated word, but but really looking at the numbers behind it. Uh, number three is diversify. Create multiple buckets. Have multiple vehicles. So as Franco mentioned, the crash in the start market, that you're not one of the uh, people that has to deal with that. Knowing your, know your numbers. Your numbers. Yeah. Knowing your numbers. And of course. Don't spend more than what you are. Mm-hmm. 
And number five. And coming up with a contingency plan. Yes. And number six, getting married and having babies. I'm just kidding. You're not going to start talking about sex again. Are you? I'm not. Well, getting married and having lots of sex, and so then eventually comes the babies. Okay. okay. This okay. isn't a Howard Stern. You're right. Here. You're right. <laughs> so. Well, who are our guests next week? I'm actually quite excited of our guests like next Howard week. I Howard Stern. You don't like Howard Stern? I don't mind him. Okay. It- our guest next week. Well, tech, next week we are uh, we're doing the Money Assassins episode, and then the week after that, which I'm quite excited about, we have Ashley McIver and Jay Demerit on. And so in two weeks' time, correct. So in two weeks' correct. time, we're going to have Jay Demerit, yes. former Whitecaps player, correct, and, and Ashley captain. Ashley McIver. That's right. He was the captain of the yes, Whitecaps. Correct. So we will. I, I think I've got some, you know, in meeting with them, we've got quite a bit of conversation that we could uh, get into around professional athletes right. and money and following our passion into, you, into uh, you know, making money and how that affects our connection with the passion. And when it all becomes one, how that affects performance and our financial capacity. I think there's quite a bit of conversation that we can get into there. So I look forward to it. Yeah, so do I. And we thank everybody for, for listening in. We appreciate you joining us and truly appreciate, uh, appreciate you tuning in. And uh, until next time. Don't forget about our tagline. Have a wealthy Have week. Have a wealthy week. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. Have a wealthy week.